Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Jordan, and this is episode 67 of Sodom and I. And now, it's a beautiful Sunday afternoon. The sun is shining on this Sunday, looking like a real Sunday. And I'm feeling fired up after church, so we are going to talk about uh, Adam, Eve, and the backslider. That's going to be the name of this episode. Because God is married to the backslider. And we need to understand that when it's when we mess up and we sin, we shouldn't run away from God. We should go to him because he's the only one that can actually forgive us. <laughs> so it doesn't make sense to not do that. But we're going to be in Genesis. I'm using my Bible today. going to be in Genesis chapter 3 verses 1 through 11. Right. And Pastor did a really, really good job of going through this and everything. And then we're going to break down something. Right. So I think today we're only going to be in Genesis way in the front. And then first John chapter two, which is way in the back right before Revelations. So let's actually start in first uh, John chapter two, verses 15 through 17. Now, I'm going to read this in King James Version first, but then I'm going to hop over to my NIV. So verse 15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God mm -hmm, abideth forever. So, I think that was pretty clear, but we're going to read it in, uh, in NIV anyways. This is 15. Let me go ahead and highlight dish in my Bible app. All right. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world... Love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lusts of the flesh. So we know what lusts of the flesh means. You know, sometimes when we go out and do stuff with other people that we ain't got no business doing with other people. And you know, it's not only about sex, but also eating too much. Like, oh, do I really need to do this? Well, you know, I really want it. So I, don't, I know I don't need that dessert, but I'm fit to go ahead and eat every single body of it anyways right lust of the flesh being lazy ah, i should go to the gym but my flesh doesn't want to do that so i'm just gonna stay home i have fallen subject to that over the past couple weeks <laughs> with doing stuff but no excuses i should be exercising do, 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 do. and then the pride of life so chasing after money wanting status wanting clout fame you know, a good example of that is buying uh, super ugly, super expensive stuff just so people be like, oh my gosh, they buy how did they get that? They got so much money. Nobody cares about that. Nobody, like, God does not care about the pride of life, the lust of your flesh, or the lust of your eyes. And I skipped over that one. Lust of the eyes. Seeing something that you don't have. And uh, what's the word that they use in the Bible? Covetousness. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's covetousness, seeing stuff that you want but don't have and 
probably don't really have the means to get, but you want it so bad that you know you do whatever you can to get it anyways. There's three three categories. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Right? And now let's go to Genesis, where we talk about <clears throat> this one, lust of the eyes. Chapter three. Yeah, this one is less of the eyes. And I think I'm going to read this one in NIV. So I'll go on my phone. I need to get an NIV Bible. I'm going to get an NIV Bible. Three and one. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. And that's verse uh, three, but ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it lest ye die. And then Verse four, you will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. He knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. You know, basically convincing her, he just don't want you to be on his level, right? And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And now in the King James Version in verse four, it says, uh, not verse four, verse five, Ye shall be as gods with the lowercase g, right? And that's him playing on her own emotions, on her own flesh, you know, utilizing herself against her. Because he's not, he's probably, he's not, well, I was going to say he's not really telling herself that she didn't already think. But she knew that she shouldn't do it. And he's convincing her because it's in her to be curious. Right, verse 6. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. And now this taking a pause kind of explains like how sin works. This was really the first instance of sin in the Bible. I guess the first uh, thing that they first time they talked about it because you see it with your eyes you don't sin when you look and want something. Sin is the action of doing it. Because we get tempted. We're humans. You're not going to not get tempted ever in life. But it's the action of doing stuff. She saw it. She thought about how good it would be. And then she did it. And her doing it is the sin, right? Now keep going. Continuing, continuing. She took some and ate it, right? She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Now pause. I'm not going to use the exact example that that pastor used today, but he was saying that some people argue why would he placed them in the garden and then like not let them eat everything that was there. Like that's manipulative and blah, 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 blah. It's so funny how we're the creation talking about the creator, talking about manipulative. That's hilarious to me. <laughs> but he said, take it like this. 
talking to the parents for those who have kids and let's say pets because I can relate to this too. You have stuff in your house that you are not going to move. So you tell your child or your pet, don't touch that. Even though that's right there, don't touch that because it's probably not good for them. With dogs, they're not, you know, you can't eat, they can't eat chocolate. So if you have chocolate or something, it's really the best for you to put it away. But if you have some like on the table, the dog not supposed to be on the dog on table. So you go leave it on the table. And if he touches it, then he's in trouble, right? Same thing goes for kids. You have knives in the kitchen. You have the knife drawer that's there. You can't hide the knife drawer. So you tell them, don't go in this drawer. Don't touch that. Don't touch this. Or if you have knives in the in a little block where you can like sharpen it and stuff like that. You tell them don't touch this, but it's staying on the counter right there anyways, right? Because if they touch it, something gonna happen that's not good for them, right? And when you tell your kids to do something, you don't expect them to be like, why shouldn't I do that? Why can't I do that? No, you just expect them to obey, to listen and then move forward with it. Where do y'all think we get that from our father, right? Oh, I'm trying to, I, I try to explain things in ways where people can understand it simply. Like, I don't like to leave any room for confusion, but like things that we do, especially when it comes to, I don't even know why I'm going into this, but especially when it comes to like people we are raising up or mentoring or teaching who is the greatest teacher? Who is the creator? God is. We get all that stuff from him. Everything good is of God. Everything that's actually good, not just things that feel good. Because sometimes things that feel good might not be actually so good for you. <laughs> and that goes with lust of the flesh. But continuing, their eyes were open. They realized they were naked, sewed fig leaves together and made covering for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now, could you imagine? He, he made Adam in charge of the garden. And they trying to hide from him in the garden as if God's going to be like, oh, no, he went somewhere else. Let me go find him. He literally created you, bro. <laughs> He literally placed you here. Where can you hide from him? That's the thing. You can't. He sees everything. Right? And now I wrote, took some notes while I was in church today. And what I wrote down. What first thing that I'll say after I finish reading this passage. But the second thing is the question isn't, is God still with us? It's, are we hiding from him? Are we avoiding him? Are we not trying to talk to him? Are we having a relationship with him? Intimacy, talking to him, you know? Vibing with him, going to him in more than just trouble. Coming to him when good things happen. Praising him, worshiping him, exalting his name. Are we doing that stuff? Before you talk about he don't care, he not listening. Are you doing any of that? Sometimes we just got to take into consideration what we're doing, how what we're doing is wrong. Even if we don't see what's wrong, 
you know, I used to, you know, when, thing, when I wanted certain things to get done, I'd be like, dang, what's going on? It's just not happening, this and that. And I wouldn't see the things that either I am doing that is wrong or things that I'm not doing that would help the situation. We can't just get stuck in purgatory in the middle. Well, I guess this is that. Nah, we don't compromise with the enemy. Boom. What's the next The next one? Let me go on to the next verse. Blue, blue. All right. Walking hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Where art thou? And I highlighted that because it's not because God uh, didn't know where they were. Of course, he knew they was in the trees. He literally made them and can see everything. <laughs> when he was saying, where art thou? That means that you're not in the place that he set you in. You know, he's calling you back to him. God is married to the backslider. He's going to be waiting there for you with open arms. Don't be afraid of him. The fear of the Lord isn't to be scared. And we went through that before. It's the awe and reverence and understanding that he is higher than us. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are, are higher than our ways. That's why we don't be understanding when things happen. We'd be like, how does this happen? And he's like, you're not meant to understand. You weren't built for that. <laughs> Honestly, I don't want to understand everything. It'll, it'll probably break my brain. I'll understand one day, though. Let's see. One day when I'm with him. Let me, let me make that clear. One day when I'm at his right hand. <laughs> not now. Not while I'm still in this, this, this body. In verse 10. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. In verse 11. And he said, who told thee that thou was naked? Right, and we're not going to go into the second half of that because then that's going to go into something else. But who told you that you were naked? And uh, exposing yourself to something that not he didn't want them to get exposed to, but something that was not meant for them at that time. And then we all see that that mistake set humanity up for the rest of whatever, you know? <laughs> So like, just listen to what God says. But God is married to the backslider. You're not condemned and he doesn't have his hand upraised forever. So matter of fact, let me go to some notes because I know I, I feel like I, I highlighted that not too long ago. Our God, will you not judge them? I've been reading First and Second Chronicles. Oh, I definitely needed that last night. Although he did not remove the high places, the second Chronicles. Man, when I tell you, bro, read, reading the Bible will really have you like, what were these people thinking? What were these people thinking? Do you know how many times Israel like made like gold calves and goats after God literally saved them and performed miracles in front of them? Bro, that's probably why he just don't do a bunch of stuff nowadays. Because he's like, it literally won't matter. <laughs> I can literally see that it's only going to affect a couple people. Like, I would not go around making a whole bunch of stuff happen if after I do it and they start praising me a couple years down the line, they start making calves 
and worshiping cows. Could you imagine you're your child, you like had a baby and then your kid starts calling a chair his mom <laughs> or like his pillow. And that's my dad, not you. And they just start, start being like, hi mom, hi dad, giving them love and everything. And you're like, I literally, I literally do everything for this kid. Why do they think that that chair, <laughs> why do they think that that chair is their mom? It doesn't make any sense. I can only imagine how he felt, man. <laughs> he literally brought them up out of Egypt. He, oh my goodness, we read this story. He done brought locusts. He done turned a whole river into blood. He done did everything, firstborn. And then on top of all of that, besides the literal staff turning into a snake and then back into a staff, split the sea in half for them he split the sea in half like like separated it like 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 ground floor they walking through it and then closed it behind them and destroyed all of their enemies and then Aaron I was so shook I was like why would Aaron just do that Aaron just went down there and actually made they convinced him to make the calf for them that they start worshiping and Moses is coming down from the mountain. God is like, they down there sinning. Go and take care of that. Moses comes down to see them worshiping a calf. And he's like, what are y'all doing? And then Aaron's like, I, I, I don't know how it got there. It just, they, I, I, I just made it. And I, I don't know, boss. That'll make no sense. Why would Aaron do that? <laughs> oh, man. You're married to the backslider. Every time Israel came to him, he still, he still forgave him. He still had his arms open and he still repaired whatever houses, their towns and cities and still handed enemies into their hands. You know why? Because God is married to the backslider and we are all backsliders. We all backslide from time to time. No one is perfect. No one is perfect. And if you are, expect that Job and Jesus treatment. Jesus was perfect and he was literally crucified. None of us are going to get crucified because none of us are Jesus <laughs> or Job. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just, I'm still kind of fired up from the service today. And then we have a um, the young adult or well, college ministry, but I'm not in college anymore. So I always say young adult ministry. We have a get together. And uh, we're going to be talking about the stuff from the summer and, you know, spring recap and eating food and stuff and just having a good time fellowshipping with one another. So I'm excited for that. I just want to come home and do this podcast before the nighttime and do this first before anything else for the rest of my day because my best friend came back in town and her ankle's doing better, and I'm taking her to physical therapy on um, on Wednesday. So this is gonna be good. And I just I'm hungry, so I'm gonna go make some food. And um, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. I love you, but God loves you more than I do. Stay being a blessing to others, and you know, bless yourself. Have a good self care day. Sometimes we need to we need to rest. So rest on this sunny day. And I will catch you guys next week.